That's my favorite part of that song. <laughs> Ooh, the more I get to you, the more I can do on the stuff. Oh! The more I can do all the stuff. <laughs> I can make two kids from rose on the grave. Okay. Oh. But I thought... I thought that, like, I... Sub, I saw this is like, internet conflammation. That's, like... This song's about his dead son or something like that. Is this song about his dead <laughs> yeah, son? Yeah, like they tell you Is it's that got a like fake a thing that it's on it. Tumblr or whatever. They're like, this song's about his his divorce with his wife or whatever. I mean, it might be. It, could, it just it was be also about two things. It maybe it was about something that happened to him in his life, but it was also it written also for Batman Forever. About Batman Forever. Joel Schumacher was like, maybe "Seal, about- will you write a song for Batman 3? And he was like, "Yeah, let me pull from my own shit." And he wrote the best song ever to accompany the best movie ever. Do you think he was like, this song is about me when I was a circus performer and I tried to evacuate a bomb from the circus. And and I tried to do a really cool flip. And all of my family died. And then both my parents died and also my brother. His whole family dies. That's what his whole family dies. It's not funny, Jackson. It's really tragic. (laughs) Uh, and that's not even like the most tragic Robin story. Like they get yeah. worse after that. Hey. Welcome to Cool Takes, the only bad movie podcast where the bad movies are good, actually. Every week we mount a sincere and unironic defense of an unpopular movie in the hopes of successfully gaslighting our audience into having bad taste. My name is Jackson McMurray. Can I stop you? Can we do one more take of that where you're not clearly reading a thing off of your Why computer? does it matter? I'm clear. I'm because, reading I a thing. I don't know. I, I listened to the first one. I was looking for the highlight. And it's a weird energy when you're just like screaming a thing that you have written down. Okay. <laughs> I think it'll get better with time. I do Welcome too. Welcome to more Cool again. Takes, the only bad movie podcast where bad movies are good, actually. Well, every week we mount a sincere and unironic defense of an unpopular movie in the hopes of successfully gaslighting our audience into having bad taste. My name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adeline Hawkeye McMurray. And I'm Keisha Rhodes of the Flying Graysons. Why are you Hawkeye? Are we not doing the funny names anymore? Because it's a bird, but it's a superhero, but it's not the one in the film. Uh, you know. Bat- ba- bats are not birds. <laughs> what? <laughs> Robin is. Bats. Robin is a bird, but he's a sidekick. We are talking today about Kiss from a Rose, the film. The f- Otherwise known as Batman forever with a four even though it's the third movie even though it is a number three <laughs> yeah batman um, four but the o is a three ever. <laughs> i always think about that with bad boys because that's another one they called the third movie bad boys for life and it's yeah. like hey <laughs> and they're Just making wait. a fourth one yeah so like you blew it <laughs> you didn't do it you should have waited 
Uh, yeah. They didn't want to be Bruce call it's their not shot. Like this... They're like, we don't know if we're getting a fourth one. We got to do it yeah. now. Is it that he's like, I don't want them to know that Robin's going to be in this one. I want Robin to be a surprise. Right. This can't be Batman and Robin. <laughs> and then I'll call the next one just Batman and Robin. <laughs> yeah. You're like, uh, now we know Robin's part of the package. So so we're talking about Batman Forever today. Adeline, yes. this yes. was your choice of movie. Well, to be to clarify, my favorite Joel Schumacher Batman film is Batman and Robin. That's my favorite one. I love that one. But... This one, I think it's cool to start off just a defensive Joel Schumacher period and then go into my favorite one. Because I do also very sincerely enjoy this one for a lot of the same reasons. I mean, this one just doesn't have Arnold Schwarzenegger giving the most endearing performance of a man who misses his wife. So it's missing that element and it's missing the wax slip scene with Poison Ivy. But other than that, it's great. And my, my whole thesis with Joel Schumacher and Batman in general and superheroes in general and characters in general, really, is that if you make it too gritty and too self-serious, you lose so much of the character. Like, Thor only, like, became a character that I enjoyed interacting with in Thor Ragnarok, where they let him be silly and let him have emotions instead of just being strong, tough, and, like, realistic and serious. And then when you let them be silly, you love them. And that's what I've always wanted with Batman, because Batman has gotten stuck in such a gritty, serious, realistic rut. That's the only Batman that we can have. When Batman's origins, just like every other superhero on the planet, are stupid and ridiculous and hilarious. So going back to, like, the 60s Batman and Jewel Schumacher, who just, like, capture that energy perfectly, it's awesome and it's a blast to enjoy. This just, like, fun, hokey, silly, colorful take on the Batman experience. See, uh, that's the thing is that I, uh, I, I have talked about this book on the podcast before, but one of my favorite nonfiction books is called the Caped Crusade. It's a nonfiction book, uh, by Glenn Weldon, just about sort of the history of Batman and like more specifically about the history of like the way that fans have interacted with Batman Mm -hmm. just over the years. Um, and like, obviously, Glenn Weldon's a gay man, which is sort of an important perspective, like, in the in the context of Batman, because this movie, these two movies, but I think I think this movie sort of especially just because it was the first one, mm-hmm. uh, Glenn Weldon, like, Glenn Weldon's whole take in that book is, is that there is no definitive Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Batman mm-hmm. is Adam West doing this move. Batman is Robert Pattinson in combat boots, <laughs> curb stomping Colin Farrell. Batman is... Lego Batman, Batman is nipples and butt Batman. Like it, like Batman can be and will be and should be any amount of things that you want him to be. There's no definitive Batman. And, but the thing that does bug me a little bit about the book is that his way of expressing that is that all the like dark and gritty Batman are bad. And it's like, well, no, I don't think they are. I think. No, they're still bad. (laughs) The problem with the dark and gritty Batman is not that they're bad. Like, those movies are awesome, and that's why we all love them. Like, they're good stories. The problem is getting stuck in that, and, like, the idea that that's, like, the only thing we can be moving on is that version. That's what's bad. Like, the idea itself is not what's bad. Um, But uh, this, this movie, I mean, obviously, like... With with his perspective as a as a gay man writing about Batman, like this movie and the Adam West Batman and a lot of the like early fifties Batman comic books are are things that he spends a lot of time on just in terms of the sort of like ambient homoeroticism of Batman. Yeah. Just as an idea. 
You know, mm-hmm. like even back in the 50s, it was this thing that they were like constantly, constantly trying to get out in front of being like, oh, he's just this like bachelor who lives with this like 18 year old boy and his butler, just like three and men like chilling in the house. And always wearing this latex suit. Um, yeah. Um, uh, he's kissing a girl. Look, look over there. <laughs> right. He's kissing yeah. a girl, I swear, yeah. off camera. And. And, like, he really thinks of of Batman Forever being directed by Joel Schumacher, being directed by a gay man, and Mm -hmm. being as, like, weirdly explicitly gay as this movie is. And, you know, Batman and Robin, like, doubles down on this, like, even more. But, like, you know, it's like this weird full circle moment for Batman where it's, like, this thing that they've spent so long trying to, like, kind of get out in front of and, like, dispel in as many ways as they can and, like, kind of try to ungay him as many times as they could they finally like whether it was on purpose or just on accident like gave batman to joel schumacher and was like yeah my whole take on him is that he's just like this like statuesque figure who's constantly just like grappling Mm. with his identity and he's got a little sidekick who has his ear pierced on the gay ear and (laughs) like who is like like, the thing with robin in this movie is that they try they they can't get away from like the comic book like he's 12 like he's a little boy like kind of thing but the the actor who's playing him is clearly like a 25 year old man (laughs) and they keep it's like it's like that orphaned at 33 thing yeah it really is from star kids do you actually need to be taken in (laughs) (laughs) my parents just died there was still gonna be another year before i had to stop being on their health insurance i gotta figure out my health insurance (laughs) now yeah where you're like i brother i don't like here's my traumatic backstory (laughs) are you a ward of the state (laughs) yeah well i don't he's like you you helped me out with a lot of cool calls from social services and like and like child care and stuff it's like i don't think we right. did actually i think you're like yeah. a grown-ass and he rolls adult up on a motorcycle fine. i'm pretty sure you can rent a car you're good but like they <laughs> right, keep yeah. like keep calling him like check on the kid and i don't know if it's like tongue-in-cheek or whatever but he's like that's a right. that's a grown-ass man that's a whole yeah, ass that's man. an adult and like i don't yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't want to be indelicate but like chris o'donnell in this movie looks about as gay as it is possible for a human man to look in this movie. (laughs) Like, that whole sequence where he's, like, going around in the Batmobile and, like, picking up chicks or whatever, you're like, I don't buy this for even (laughs) half a second. Like, he's got the, like, cyborgs. He hasn't come out yet. He doesn't know. He's 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 like, I'm supposed to, like, girls. This is what I'm supposed to do. He's wearing, like, a tank top with a scarf. And he's like, what's up, ladies? What's like, up, no, not he's enough. got his ear piercing and, like, his, like, <laughs> yeah. short-shaved head. Yeah. God. Oh. But, you know, and that's the thing, that's you know. circus antics. And uh, a lot of this movie sort of, you know, even though, you know, you can take an overly literalist approach to be like, oh, but Batman has a love interest who's a woman and, and Robin kisses that girl. They're not gay. But, like, it's... So much of the, like, romantic subplot of this movie is, like, Batman sort of navigating a romance life as it interacts with his identity, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Like, it is a very much sort of queer-coded, like, figuring out who and exactly what you are as it relates to your romantic relationships with other people kind of story that I think is really, really interesting to examine through a queer lens. And it's just, like, especially, and, you know, uh... 
it, it Batman in general has that very much like secret identity. There's like this half of my personality that mm-hmm. I'm like keeping a secret and nobody can know about. And I'm trying to figure out who I can trust with it and like whether I want to, you know, fully integrate that into like myself or if I want to. And two phase factors into that, the whole two phase thing. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. the two phase are they grafted <clears throat> on. Like, right. Come on. <laughs> uh, and like, and you know, these are all sort of like ideas that have become kind of passe and played out in like the mm-hmm. modern day when it comes to like stories about the experience of being gay. But like in a Batman movie in mm-hmm. 1987, that is, or 1997, I think that is so this insanely is transgressive. Or I guess oh, Batman totally. and Robin was 97. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, that, that is absolutely insane. I cannot believe that this movie, like, happened and came out this way. I know. Because, like, yeah. it is, it feels so explicitly queer and so explicitly, like, about the experience of Joel Schumacher as a gay man in America. And, like, the fact that it is happening in Batman 3 and it made, like, $100 million, mm-hmm. even though everybody hated it, is yeah. absolutely <laughs> wild to me. I think it's well, crazy. And, like, even looking at, like, the romance in this movie, like, it's kind of hilarious. Chase is so fucking horny for Batman, which <laughs> I think is something up. that we can all relate to as humans, that we're all <laughs> insanely horny for Batman all the time. But she's just like, but it's so funny. Like, every interaction that you have where she's, like, hot and heavy for him and, like, kissing him, and he's just, like, standing there, like, yeah. being a statue man. Like, it... <laughs> It almost, like, it almost feels weird. Like, you're kind of waiting for the heel turn, where it's like, ah, actually, she's also insane. Like, that's Harley Quinn. Like, you're waiting for there to, like, because there's, like, I don't think Harley Quinn existed yet. No, she didn't. No. Well, wait, when was the Batman show? I feel like she did exist by 95. If she existed, she only just barely existed. Yeah, she would just, like, only be in the cartoon show. But you know what I mean. Like, um, we're waiting for her to, like, Mm -hmm. be, like, a crazy villain or something. Like, I don't know. Maybe that was just me. But, like, the way that their relationship, like, she's obsessed with Batman, Mm -hmm. who is this figure that's either, like, so conflicted or so not interested that, like, every time they interact, he's, like, kind of like, haha, like, yeah. Anyway, like they like yeah. there's a little bit of something there, like but like sh- he's not really interested, and she's like so hot and heavy for him, and it's like right. I, I, this doesn't feel healthy, mm-hmm. Chase. Like, what are you? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it feels like a strange pick. It's like they grafted on like Lois Lane's relationship with Superman, mm-hmm. where right. she but she has like a reason to be in love with Superman because she has a relationship with him, yeah. whereas like. Chase was like, he, Batman, hot. Batman, hot. Me, I like, just arrived in town, and you've got this hot guy. I yeah. want to make out with him. It's like, yeah. okay, Chase, you know but, what, yeah. fine. You live your life. You chase your bliss. Yeah. But, yeah, but, I... You know, it's always... It's fun. It's fun to have her be in love with Batman, and then she's like, oh, wait, I think I love I Bruce Wayne. I do love that scene where she, like, kisses him, and she's like, oh, no, I'm in love with Bruce, and Batman's like, okay, and then he turns around, and he has, like, that little smile. Yeah. It's, like, kind of nice. Yeah. I like it it's a so lot. It's so funny. It's really great. He's I like, think, okay. Like, I... <laughs> When I think about this movie and, like, the abysmal, like, public response it got, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think, like, first of all, the funny thing that you see over and over again in the film industry is that, like, if a... <laughs> it's just this phenomenon that happens over and over again where, like, if you have a movie that comes out that makes a lot of money but gets really bad reviews, they will still make a sequel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and even if that sequel 
also makes a lot of money and gets bad reviews, that's when they stop. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, we could only get away mm-hmm. with that once. <laughs> and well, because like, people is... show up to the second one to be like, is it? Go- are they going to fix it or is it still going right. to be bad? And But then the, if the second one is still bad, they're not going to yeah. show up for the third one, exactly. hypothetically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just sort of what seems to happen over and over again. Like, mm-hmm. studios are always like, maybe... Maybe we could try one more time. And every once in a blue moon, you get like a James Gunn suicide squad where you get like a total like heel turn. And people are like, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay, great. Uh, We did it. But like, you know, but they make Batman and Robin. And then after that, they're like, okay, let's take a break. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But that's one of the other things that they talk about a lot in the uh, in, in the Cape Crusade book is how like. Joel Schumacher, he's just this director who's been around forever, and he's, like, a total professional and, like, knows exactly what the fuck he's doing. Apparently, he made Batman Forever for, like, three quarters of the budget they gave to him. He came in, like, under time and under budget by, like, a wide margin. And, like, even though everybody kind of hated the movie, they were just like, I, I don't know. He's he good at making these. <laughs> like, we're making, making a lot of money off of this. Yeah. Give him another one, yeah. Um... <clears throat> But, like, when I think about the the horrible public perception, I think, like, because it's odd that, like, because even the Tim Burton Batman movies, at least what I've gathered, were, like, kind of divisive at the time. They were a little too weird for some people. Yeah. A little too hokey. Um, but the Jewish showmaker was like, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> right. But, like, that's my thing. I, I like this movie a lot better than I like Batman and Robin. Just because, like... It, this movie feels like it's taking the, like, Tim Burton aesthetic that has sort of already been uh, established in these movies and, like, cranking it up to, like, a 9. And then Batman and Robin cranks it up to, like, a 13. And I'm like, okay, well, hold on. Maybe but that's what I like. <laughs> that's what I love <laughs> but, about it. I yeah. love that, like, he, like, this, I love this movie for the fact that it is a little bit more grounded and that, like, the, the moral of this movie, like, this movie is about, like, generational trauma and making your dad go to therapy. Like, this is what this movie is about. <laughs> right, But, like, yeah. the, like, Batman and Robin is just, like, so, like, you didn't like that that one was, like, kind of silly and kind of hokey. What if I just, like, made the 60s Batman, but it's the year 1997, so it's just bonkers. <laughs> and also, right. like, Arnold Schwarzenegger is there. Like, hell yes. And they're like, it's so much more colorful. Like, it's such a right. bright film. It's so, like, fun to look at. Like, it's just, uh, like, it just, like, takes what I like about this movie and, like, you said, cranks it up to a 13. It goes yeah. ape shit, and that's what right. I want. I want them to go ape oh, shit. Oh, no! It's boiling acid! It's boiling <laughs> acid! That's the best line. That's the I like how much of this so movie... I think it's, like, no, sorry. I like how much of this movie's combat is, like, fun traps that Batman has to get out of. Like, there's, like, some, <laughs> yeah. like, scenes of combat, and it's very, like, 90s combat where we're, like, cutting a lot and, like, moving from punch to punch. Like, it's not the, like, streamlined combat that we're used to, but, like, it's pretty good combat. I love the goof that they do over and over again of the guy with, like, the claws who, like, does his whole thing, and the Batman just, like, kicks him or electrocutes him or something <laughs> in one move. Right. I think that's hilarious. But, like, they're always they're getting Indiana out of... Indiana Jones. Yeah, they're, like, always getting out of silly traps, though, with, like, the boiling acid. Right. And they, like, put it's, him in the chute yeah, with the Joel flammable Schumacher gas. Joel Schumacher is a trap man. <laughs> He's he loves a, trap a man. good trap. Uh, I and, do think it's tricky to... Oh. No, go ahead, Keith. You can go. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's difficult to even, like, from the where we are as, like, young 20s-ish people 
is like like we only have hindsight looking at these movies like mm-hmm. i don't i don't know what it was like to like walk into a movie theater in 1995 and sit down and watch this <laughs> right. batman movie and not have like also christopher nolan's batman movies yeah and like the, have movie. all, yeah. Like, all the head, other batmans yeah. that we mentioned yeah um like this is like i do remember like watching these my brother's love this movie this right. is their favorite batman movie yeah. we got into a fight we didn't get in a fight we got into a loud conversation <laughs> about it last christmas where we were like this is the best batman <laughs> by far and then my bro my brother steve was just like i just love batman forever i think that's the best one and we were like he steve is always just like so like sweet and so kind about listening to other people that we were like yeah, okay. Yeah. It is the best it one. It is the best one. <laughs> you can be sure really? it's the best Batman. But, like, they would, I would go over to their house and they, like, have it playing and, and, like, all of their friends would be over and they'd be watching it together. So I have, like, very fond memories associated with, like, watching these with my brothers and having a good time. Right. And then, like, I enter into middle school and, like, there's, and, like, like early high school and there's just so much, like, hatred and commentary towards these movies right and to be to be like and i also i was like you know i want to fit in I and like be cool. yeah, well, yeah. these movies are bad why are they bad because they're like there's like weirdly flat dialogue i guess and then yeah, I guess. it's like I guess. it's like whimsical it's silly <laughs> <Right>. uh <laughs> yeah and there's like a lot of focus on butts a lot of butts which is good, good. and i do think that comes from yeah, I think that comes... Well, I don't know if it's my particularly... It's not my favorite Batman, but I do think that it belongs in the Batman pantheon. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if this... I still think that, like, I prefer, a, like, a, a darker Batman personally, but I don't a think darker that, that roast. means that this, <laughs> this doesn't belong, like, in yeah. Batman theology. Like, yeah, like, this is still be. Batman. Theology. Yeah, theology. Right. Yeah, I, uh, I meant what I said. Yeah, well, like, I per- my favorite Batman personally is like Batman pretending to be Bruce Wayne, where he like his real personality is Batman, and then he goes out and pretends to be Bruce right. Wayne. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's mostly like Christopher Nolan's interpretation, and is I it, just think that's interesting. Is it Dark Knight where he gets in the crash with the Lamborghini, and the police are like, "What's going on?" And he's like, "Where am I, officers?" Yeah, he's like, <laughs> oh, "I'm so drunk." Yeah. yeah. Or he'll like he'll be like I guess I gotta go pretend to make out with girls now and right. that's gay that's, that's gay. gay that's gay like he'll be like so I can yeah <laughs> yeah he did that that's true just let though. Batman be when gay. he's like yeah. the Bruce Banner persona not Bruce Banner Bruce Wayne persona yeah. he's just and like he goes out look. and he's like always got like his hot babes with him and then he goes yeah. home and sits alone at his house that is gay you're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, totally. Like, I just I just think that's really interesting. I, I like that interpretation. But also, I think that, like, Bruce Wayne being like, why doesn't she like me? Why does she <laughs> yeah. like Batman? It's also fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the the nipples on the bat suit is, like, such a hot button for, for like, people who hate this movie. Yeah. And I, and I get why they do it, because I think that, like, it's, I mean, like, obviously you could just say, oh, because George Schumacher's gay. He wants to look at dude's nipples, <laughs> which is like, I don't know, might be true. But Everyone like, needs nipples. Yeah. But does like, the Batgirl suit have nipples on it? I don't think it does. I don't remember. I don't Free the think nip. so. Free um, the nip. I don't think it does. Yeah, but I, I don't think, think they could get away with it. 
but I think it's more like, I mean, I don't know. Obviously, there are these, like, giant, like, Atlas statues, like, holding up buildings everywhere in Gotham all the time. I think he's not trying to be, like, he's just, like, sexy and, you know, has nipples. No, he's, like, a Greek god. Yeah, yeah, it's, like, statuesque. He looks like a a renaissance sculpture. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's got the, like, sculpted butt and, like, pecs and, like, you know, it's, like, body. Like, even though it's a big fucking rubber latex suit. Like, the thick-ass neck. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. So um, you can turn around like this. Yeah. <laughs> I know that's that's on technology. Yeah, like, that's, that, like that's nobody's fault. That's we just hadn't figured it out yet. Like if we could not have that, we all would not have that. We just we that's what we had at the time, and we live we and we learn and we move on. <laughs> we couldn't three D print bespoke neck vertebrae like yeah, we, can we couldn't now. do it. Uh, and like, I I think that the. I mean, I don't know. And the thing about the villains in this movie, I think that Tommy Lee Jones, this is like so, so fully and completely not Tommy Lee Jones's thing. (laughs) Tommy Lee Jones never behaves like this. I don't know why he's (laughs) in this movie. I don't know where he pulled this from. (laughs) He's so good though. And like, I can't help but think about like, because this is the iconic, this is the movie where Tommy Lee Jones told Joel Schumacher that he couldn't work with Jim Carrey anymore because he could not sanction his buffoonery, uh, <laughs> quote unquote. Uh, and like the thing about Tommy Lee Jones, uh, this is a similar story that you hear about Men in Black too. Uh, what I everything you ever hear is that Tommy Lee Jones. Like, did not get Men in Black. Like, the whole time he was on set, he was like, is this a comedy? Is this an action movie? Like, I don't know what I'm supposed yeah, to be doing I don't get here. It. Yeah. And Barry Sonnenfeld would be like, no, come on, Tommy. Like, you know, do do it like this. And, like, <laughs> obviously it came out great. But, like, yeah. I feel like Tommy Lee Jones' performances are best when he is actually unhappy and grumpy in real life and it comes through in his performance in the movie. <laughs> if he's, like, a confused and tired yeah. and really fucking sick of Jim Carrey just screaming all the time, and then so when he goes and he, like, throttles the Riddler, you feel that. You're like, there's something <laughs> exactly. behind that. Donovan yeah. Jones he's does like, not like come, this man. Yeah. How come this two-faced performance is so deranged? Because Tommy Lee Jones... Was deranged at times. He had to sit in a makeup chair for like four hours or whatever, and then Jim Carrey has to sit there and scream at you for another four hours. Jim Carrey, his cane antics in this movie are so fucking good. Like, that makes me want a fucking cane. Like, it's just awesome. (laughs) You can't do this. This isn't middle school. You can't just walk around with a cane for a month. Does a a fucking Harlem Globetrotters routine with (laughs) with his cane. I do think, also, I think the Jim Carrey as the Riddler is a slam dunk. Like, I think that was a good decision, (laughs) casting-wise. Like, that's very fun. I do think... As much as I talk about how much I love people going ape shit, I do think that Jim Carrey, at the beginning, when he's just like, when he's just like Edward Nigma and he's like doing his thing, he's too deranged at that point, and then he gets right. like less deranged as he goes insane, which is yeah. just like, it's fun, because it's like a backwards, like he seems more in like tune when he's smarter, blah, 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 blah. He's doing a lot when he's just Edward Nigma, like at Right Wayne Enterprises. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Like, it, like, and it would be fine, like... 
I don't know. Like, I'm trying to, like, not contradict myself about, like, him, like, doing the, like, most with his performance. But, like, it does, it feels weird because it feels, it, like, kind of, like, breaks the reality a little bit. Where you're like, there's no way in fucking hell they would keep this guy around if he's this batshit insane, you know? <laughs> right, and yeah. the fact that he's, like, not yeah. even doing anything, he's, like, not working on a project that anybody else gives a shit about. He's, like, doing his own thing. It's like, right. they would have fired this, this guy would not be here so if he was just like if you could just like see the cracks and you could like see that kind of peeking out every once in a while and then when he became the riddler that's when he got like bad shit then it'd be like okay this makes sense but because it's backwards it just feels weird yeah but there's still i want to see a man on an on the ledge you know? yeah exactly and then maybe when he was he... always hanging off that yeah. ledge and then when he pushes the guy off the ledge maybe he also pushes his own sanity whoa <laughs> but yeah i mean I it is do. just the thing you have to ask yourself the question like why would ed bagley jr hire this guy in the first place yeah like, like... why why is he even here why is he here yeah like, why are we let... why yeah. has he been here for so long also and like <laughs> That's the thing about 90s Jim Carrey. I mean, we talked about this yeah. when we did... Uh, what other Jim Carrey movie did we the do? Grinch. Grinch. The Grinch. Uh, like, da, Jim da, Carrey da. is, the like... <laughs> it's, like, completely unworkable. Like, yeah. <laughs> you get Jim Carrey, and, like, you know, we remarked that, like, he doesn't really work with, like, pro-auteur directors, you know? Like, mm-hmm. Jim Carrey has never had a turn where he, like, shows up in a Scorsese movie or something. Because, like... They don't want to work with him. Like, the only times he's ever done, like, more dramatic, more restrained performances have been with, like, really young, like, yeah. you know, like, People up and coming. People deal like, and, like, are willing directors. to, like, put up with it. Yeah. Yeah, who are, like, are desperate enough to get a foot in the door that they're willing to put up with Jim Carrey and, like, really put in the work to figure out how to use him. In yeah. a way that, like, Quentin Tarantino probably doesn't have the energy for. Oh, God, no. He's a fucking bronco. <laughs> yeah. Um... He's, he's free. And, like, every... And it's just... I don't know. I'm so fascinated by Jim Carrey. Because yeah. every story you ever hear about him is that he's just an insane person. And he's been the most famous man in the world since he was, like, 20 years old. And just has absolutely no concept of what human life is like. And will yeah. not listen to... Will not respond to commands. Like, And he's, like, not gonna, like, try to figure it out either. Yeah. And... <laughs> There's a story I've heard about how, like, you know, when you're making a movie for... I think it was Mr. Popper's Penguins was the movie. Uh, like, they a good, had, like... A good flake. They had, like, <laughs> rented out a house somewhere where they were, like, shooting... You know, like, rich people can, like, you know, rent out their mansions to film sets mm-hmm. when they need, like, a big set. And Jim Carrey is in there, and he literally just, like, finds some paint somewhere and, like, draws, like, a portrait on the wall. And everyone's like... This isn't your house. <laughs> and he was just like, check that shit Bro! out. And he's like, this is gonna, they're gonna be so jazzed that I did that. They're gonna have a Jim Carrey original on the wall. And it was like, okay, I guess. Like, I don't know That's what not, happened, this but isn't I've your heard. House, Jim. <laughs> I've God. heard that this is a thing that he did and this is a story. Anyway. And like, but that him in the 90s is just that. Like, it. Yeah. You point a camera at him and you just see what he does. And he has absolutely... Well, and what he does is he gives you the performance from The Grinch again a little bit. (laughs) Well, yeah. Like, he has absolutely no self-awareness, it feels like. He just is at 152% all of the time. And you just hope that you find one weird take where the energy's just right. This is where you want it. But sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's him doing the dance in the office where he's like... (laughs) 
And you're just like, you I did. guess we use that one. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Like, and this is, this is early in his career where it does seem like he hadn't quite, like, we don't have many performances where he's not just unhinged the whole time. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it's like, this is what people were expecting. You want Jim Carrey? You got Jim right. Carrey. Yeah, like this He's is what crazy we created this own, we created this Frankenstein monster. This is our own hubris coming to get yeah. us. We were like, it's so funny when Jim yeah. Carrey just like runs around and yells, and then he started running around and yelling only. We were like, well, <laughs> yeah. I, we did ask like, for do this. You always yell. <laughs> that okay. you're always yelling. This so, is a sorry, fight. Jim Carrey. Please come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Jim, Jim Carrey. Holy shit. Some Someday, Jim Carrey on the podcast. <laughs> That'd be a dream guest. Um, oh he'd listen God. to this episode and be like, what the hell are you talking about? That's not me. Yeah. I'm listen, nice. I was actually... I, I studied for like six months for that role. I was going to say, what if he comes on and he's just like totally normal and we talk about like the tax benefits of working on a film? Like, <laughs> Well, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't like, know. You watch his like thing. comedians in cars getting coffee or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like, you know, he'll talk to somebody and then he'll just be like, and you know, just he'll like be talking about a movie he like was on, or like what he thinks about comedy, and then he'll be like, "Yeah, I just don't think any of this is real, man." And you're like, "What?" And he's like, "Yeah, no, yeah, that's not real. I don't." And think then he'll I'm just, and then here. he'll like climb over a wall or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And you're like, <laughs> "Yeah, well, we're in like a weird era of Jim Carrey, right? Because there was like that really long period where everyone was like, "What's happening? Like, why yeah. are you being like surrealist right. behavior?" And then he came on to be Joe Biden on SNL, and right. people were like, "Oh, is he back? He's back." And he wasn't maybe? even good at being Joe Biden, which was no. the weird thing. Like his Joe Biden impression wasn't funny. Like, is he? Do you think he's I doing like he okay voice, during COVID? I'm actually. Has anybody checked up no! on Jim Carrey lately? <laughs> no. no one is. <laughs> Everyone's doing bad. Uh, I don't okay. even know if Jim Carrey's okay. I'm worried about him now. <laughs> This is a this is a fight I got in with Meg on Twitter a few months ago, and I want uh, you guys to weigh in. A beef. We all agree that like current old Jim Carrey is hot. Like Eggman era Jim Carrey has got yeah. something. Is it better yeah. or worse than young Jim Carrey in terms of being hot? Here's the thing. Here's my thing. Young young Jim Carrey did a lot of that like chin thing. Uh-huh. Where he like juts his chin out and like sucks mm-hmm. his cheek in, and I fucking hate yeah. that. I hate yeah. that a lot. So old Jim Carrey has stopped doing that, and that's why I think he's attractive now. Yeah, because I fucking hate that, and I he would did say, it so much. <laughs> I would say for me, most attractive Jim Carrey is like Bruce Almighty or mm, mid Jim Carrey. Uh. Yeah, like maybe the mask when he's not the mask. <laughs> I was about to say we're kind of maybe <laughs> we're, we're treading some delicate earth with that yeah. with that statement. But like, but none of them are like real Jim Carrey. I don't care for real Jim yeah. Carrey ever. I just well, like I don't attractive one. I don't think young Jim Carrey is hot. I think his like spastic energy. Is just like a real buzzkill for me. Well, it's like, like charming, but it's not attractive. You he know? gives the energy like, yeah. of like if I were like going to a party 
and like I saw him at the party, I'd be like, oh, this isn't going to be a fun party. I have to get out of here. Like, he's going to yeah, ruin I'd be this like, party. We're not talking in the same <laughs> My circle. Thought, yeah. Like, this is not. <laughs> Every time that I listen to Panic at the Disco, I think if I ever walked into a party and I saw Brandon Yuri at that party, I think I would know that I have to leave and that someone's going yeah. to die. Like, what, <laughs> what happened in my life that I am now at a party that Brandon Yuri is at? Yeah. And where's the cocaine? And can I leave? <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not really much of a partier. So <laughs> clubs, I, I have. If Jim Carrey was at a party that I was at, I would say, "What? What have I done recently <laughs> that I need? What have I done to deserve change? this? Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. like, something in my life needs to change soon." <laughs> um, and okay, where where are we at? The villains, Tommy Lee Jones. His well, Lee we Jones. haven't talked anything about sexy Val Kilmer's voice, right? So that was another, because, speaking of hotness, uh-huh. I've never, like, I know intellectually that, like, in the 80s and 90s, Val Kilmer was, like, was a hot, hot heartthrob. Yeah. He was, like, a sex symbol. Yeah. And maybe I'm just a little bit poisoned that, like, my default Val Kilmer is, like, kind of old, like, kiss, kiss, bang, bang More era grizzled. Val Kilmer, who, like, not to be mean, but, like, is not exactly <laughs> oozing sex appeal. And like, it's his voice, though. Yeah, I guess it's the voice. I just, I, I can't see Val Kilmer as like a hot guy where you're like, ooh, hubba hubba. Val yeah, Kilmer. I don't, he looks like a Ken doll to me. Like he's oh, like too sweet. He's like too like chiseled and but like kind of blank. So that he's like, he's like, I know that he's attractive, but I don't feel anything. But when he wears glasses, that's a good that, one. That's that's valid. That's a that's a hot he does look. Look very handsome, but. I don't know. So, it's because in Batman and Robin, say what you will about George Clooney as Batman. <laughs> I do think that George Clooney is very attractive. So well, <laughs> I'm right. kind of fine with it. And that's, yeah. But like, that's, I feel like Bruce Wayne doesn't always have to be the hottest. Mm-hmm. You know? I disagree. You know, because he's rich. He's rich. He doesn't yeah. need to be hot. But I want him. But you know, but people, then you lose. That's what people said I mean, you've got- about Michael Keaton. They were mad he wasn't hot. And now look at him. And He's one of the best him. Batman, if not the best Batman. Mm, mm, mm. Batman. I, guess, I don't know. I like. Is that the plural? Yeah, Batman. Batman. <laughs> I don't know. His I like, name is Batman. I like. There him. are multiple Batmen. I like him being like a, attractive. I like him being like that, like Renaissance painting, like Greek figure. Like I like that. I don't know. I like that when the Batman is attractive because it like it kind of like evokes that like kind of feeling that you get with like Dracula of like that like han- like otherworldly like handsome figure like right. I think especially like uh, this is like a kind of a modern Spooky. take to like kind of pull Batman into like hell and morality and, blah, blah, blah. and this movie is right. definitely touching on that. There's a lot of scenes with Batman like in fire and you have like the angel girl and the devil girl like we are kind yeah. of starting to have that kind of like imagery with batman yeah but also, like just drew barrymore low-key <laughs> yeah. in this movie yeah don't it's, worry about it <laughs> i think it's her first film appearance like this is like early drew barrymore that's fun <laughs> after she was a child star for her whole life right yeah but <laughs> like <laughs> but yeah i like i like batman her being first attractive film appearance as you get an adult that, you get that essence of it of like the heaven and the hell and the Dracula and the otherworldly, like oh he's so hot, but who is he? Like I like that. I really like that angle. Uh, hold on one second. I think that Val Kilmer is an attractive man. I think that his voice is too soft to be Batman's voice. Mm. His bat voice is not the best bat voice. 
It has been a. He has one of the best voices. I was like, when you were talking earlier, Keisha, about watching Batman Forever with your brothers, I'm about to say my happy memory with Batman and Robin is watching it with Jackson and you and with Chloe and Ethan. Like, we were watching that together. It's like my happy memory with Batman and Robin. Pals! Fun times. But yeah, like, I I don't Friends watch movies. Yeah, friends watch movies. But like, it's been a grip since I've, like, actually, like, sat down and watched Batman and Robin. And I can't, I I feel like my original take was that George Clooney was a really good Bruce Wayne and an okay Batman, but I don't remember. (laughs) I feel like that's, I think that that feels right. I also haven't watched that one in a long time. I keep watching this movie. Yeah. But not Batman and Robin. And like, but that's the thing. I feel like (laughs) Batman and Robin is in like schlocky Adam West goofiness zone like 100% Mm -hmm. of the time, you know? And I think, I think that this movie has a little bit of restraint in terms of like when it wants to like double down on something and let something actually have a little bit of weight. Like Mm -hmm. the moment I think of. I mean, like, obviously sort of the, like, you know, seriousness core of this movie is, like, Bruce and and Dick talking to each other about, like, revenge and, like, do you want to kill Two-Face? Does that matter? Like, should we kill Two-Face? It's very serious. And then you cut back to Two-Face being like, hey, see, I'm going to rob this bank. I'm going to rob this bank full of acid. (laughs) Yeah, but, like. Boiling acid. And, like, that moment especially where Robin's, like, I'm coming with you and I'm helping you and I'm going to kill Two-Face and. Bruce is like, you're not going to. I'm not going to let you. He's like, are you going to stop me? And then he stands up and he weighs like 150 pounds and it's like Val Kilmer and is like, yeah. I will stop you. And you're like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, it, it's like a really, it's, and it's not like funny. It's like a serious, you know, it just like has some weight. Yeah. It's like a moment mm-hmm. that like kind of hits. And I don't feel like Batman and Robin has that basically yeah. ever. I where love- you get a moment where you're like, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> what about when he gets in trouble for racing with the punks, Jackson? Right, yeah. That's emotions. But, like, what I love about... I love about Alfred in this movie is that that scene where where Dick Grayson shows up and he's like, fuck you, I'm leaving. And he, like, walks away and he's like, but do you want to look at my motorcycle collection, though? But <laughs> yeah, I like yeah. that, like, Bruce Wayne, it, like, looks at Alfred and they, like, share a look and then, Al- and then Batman's like, look at all my motorcycles. You can have one. But then <laughs> Alfred comes in with a plate of food and he's like, oh, is he leaving? Well, guess I'll throw all this away. I guess I'll <laughs> feed it to the dogs because right. nobody wants it. Like, yeah, it's so such a funny. drama queen. <laughs> and the moment... Can okay. we talk about... Oh. I was going to talk about him full, or drying his laundry. Yeah. <laughs> that's absolutely <laughs> <Okay>. insane. <laughs> He's like pulling I off just these talk- moves, oh. like spinning them around on his like, yeah. mop handle and like wringing them out and doing like it's a whole show. It's easier that way. It's easier that way. Yeah. That's how they do it in the circus. Batman doesn't own a dryer. <laughs> the... <laughs> yeah, he he he's a billionaire, but he likes to do things old school. Mm. <laughs> Can we talk about the circus scene? Yeah, <laughs> maybe my favorite scene of the movie. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Like a, just Bruce Wayne showing up, trying to go on a date. It's not going well. They're like he. Uh, it is also after he's like. I want you to take your clothes off and put on this black dress because we have a date <laughs> to the circus. <laughs> and you're like, that's not Okay, smooth, who in Bruce? their fucking like- right mind would bring their traveling circus to Gotham? Who? <laughs> How do you There's not so see so many like, clown-themed villains. Why would you bring your circus to yeah, Gotham? They're like, we gotta skip this <laughs> yeah, one. Uh, we've been like- we're going to old Detroit, yeah. but we're not Seriously. going to Gotham. <laughs> Ooh, that's... 
If you if you join our Patreon, you'll know what we're Whoa. talking about. Like, a lot of Robocop like, content. Like you're the ringleader of a circus. You get a call. They're like, hey, here's a million dollars to like put on a show in Gotham. And you go and you be like, the one with the clown guy who likes to kill people. And he likes to like, like be isn't fun that with the it penguin and like dress up and like get into it. You want us to show up with right. our clowns that we have? No, thank like, you, sir. But that does kind of touch on a weird thing. Like, for some reason, like, I don't know why it's all, like, specifically in these four Batman movies, I don't know why it's always a circus clown guy. Like, for yeah. some reason, every villain just, like, transforms into a guy who has a bunch of circus freaks with him. And I don't know why that keeps happening. Well, there's this weird thing. clowns are scary. There's this weird thing that happens with Batman villains where they don't want to just use the Joker over and over again. Right. But, like, because they don't mm. want to use the Joker, but they really do want to use the Joker. Like, right. everyone every, loves the well, Joker. Well, every Batman villain just, like, becomes the Joker even when they're not, you know? Not like, yeah. Bane. Totally get that with, like, the Penguin. Like, in the Batman. Batman movie like he's got all these clown freaks and it's like why does he have those yeah why and like in this the he's like they're at the ringling circus and it's like why are they there isn't that the joker's thing it's like well yeah well, but we no, already made no. a movie with the yeah. joker in it and it's like okay well then just yes. use the joker again don't turn the riddler into the joker just use the joker we all right. like the joker it's yeah. fine they just couldn't get Jack Nicholson yeah. back. I could. I how, wish that's how, that's how that's Robin's backstory if I could, that's Dick Grayson's backstory if I could go back in time I would kill Hitler, and then I would make it so Jack right. Nicholson actually, like, gives a good performance in that movie. Because it's such, <laughs> that's such a slam fucking dunk. Like, that's such good casting. And then he gets there, and he's just like, this is stupid, and I'm gonna, like, not do Phone a good in. job. And it's yeah. like, God damn it, that could have been so good, man. Please just give a shit about Batman. He's I know like, it's hard. <laughs> I know you like, don't want to, I know, all you'd have to do is, like... Yeah, actually, Jack, people are really going to kill you. Yeah, people, <laughs> yeah, yeah, people are going to, like, remember years. this. <laughs> I think yeah. that you think it's that just they're like, not. It's just like Star Wars, mm -hmm. where you're like, this is stupid. Like, right. this Whatever. is all yeah. Why are we in the desert wearing robes? <laughs> What's going on? And then, like, people love it. And, like, they yeah. get married, like, looking like yeah. Luke and Leia, which is messed Don't up. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah then, so, like, Jack Nicholson just shows up and she's like, hey, I'm the Joker. And hey. it's like, okay, sure, yeah, I guess. Like, I'm and he, like, smiles a little. Yeah. Oh, God, it makes me so, it could have been so good. It could have been <laughs> so good. Oh, uh, I'm mad. <laughs> Come on, Jack. <laughs> but this scene with the, the flying Graysons, mm -hmm. we all mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. But we're just waiting for His it to happen. His whole family's going to die in one tragic trapeze accident. <laughs> one <laughs> I love old kitschy backstories like it's that. So it's good. so good. This is like one of the best ones where it's like, yeah, we were all trapeze artists and then <laughs> your parents got murdered. Yeah, they just like died. Well, like, uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> like, because you always have to explain, like, why are you a 12 year old with fighting skills? Yeah, with <laughs> acrobatic With fighting skills who lives <laughs> with one dude in a mansion. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You like couldn't just be like his, I, I don't know, like cousin's <laughs> yeah. son or something. My uncle Batman. Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like that. Yeah, but there's no weird like. Is he having sex with a twelve year old? 
yeah. like that's never there because they're family. You're mm. like, don't worry don't about worry it. Don't worry about it. Why are you worried? Why are you even bringing also, that up? Also, he's not 12. That's gross, he's man. 25 years old. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in this version, he, it's legal. Of course it is. <laughs> they're the same age. Yeah. I also want to say. <laughs> same he age. just calls him kid. Don't worry about yeah. it. Uh, yeah, he's like, kiddo, wink. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I, I think that there's a part of me that thinks that like, I. I understand why people don't like Batman and Robin more than I understand why people don't like Batman Forever yeah. in a kind of way. Like, Batman like, and Robin is definitely, like, out there and doing things. So if you don't right. like it, yeah, that it, was like, the commits to it so hard that if you don't like that one thing, then you're probably not going to like it. But this yeah. one, like, yeah, it's not, they're not committing as hard to the thing you don't <laughs> yeah. like. And it just makes me think, like, I think that this movie's reputation suffers a lot just because of Batman and Robin coming right after it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like... It's such a weird thing. Like, the thing I... Whenever I watch this movie... Like, not that I watch it all the time, but, like, every once in a blue moon when it comes on. I'm always just, like, so absolutely floored by, like, the production design in this movie and how absolutely, like, balls to the wall, like, crazy and bright and huge it all is. Mm -hmm. And it's just, like, every scene, one after another, after another, after another, has, like, these just insane sets and this, like, crazy, like green world where you like go to Gotham and like Robin is driving There's around in the ocean. Batmobile and like stumbles upon like a laser quest arena where he like saves a girl from a <laughs> bunch of street thug rapists, you know, and they've all got like face yeah. paint and like it and just Mohawks. every every scene in this movie is so like like, there's no, like, tossed-off scenes where it's just like, oh, yeah, then it's whatever, like, whatever. Like, every scene in this movie is, like, designed the hell out of. Like, the mm-hmm. sets are so huge and crazy. And every time I watch it, I'm like, every scene in this movie rules. Like, this just continues to kick ass time after time. Like, it never mm-hmm. stops. He doesn't, he don't miss. <laughs> he don't, yeah, it is such a fun design. And also, like, the idea of having, like, the bad guys just be like clownish in makeup right. and wigs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like also eliminates the weird racial element that comes with a lot of superhero movies <laughs> when the bad guys are just like generic brown, a terrorist. <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah. like, okay. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Not good. But this movie's just like, you know who the bad guys are? That gorilla. Yeah. <laughs> and gorilla. Wait, wait. He's got a hat on and you're like, yes. <laughs> Gorilla Grodd's yeah. taking like, over the saw- city. <laughs> Batman. Batman. And it is possible. Where is Gorilla Grodd? <laughs> I want Gorilla Grodd on my TV. It feels dude. like. When the Flash movie comes. It does feel like there is kind of like a B tier of Batman villains that we've just never quite gotten around to. And now we're at a point in Batman movies where we're like doing villains a second time pretty consistently. But mm-hmm. like, we've just never gotten around to a Clayface. We've never gotten around to a. Mad Hatter, or uh, like, what are some good ones? Yeah, like Toy Man. Twi- moth no, I've been like Moth Guy, whatever his name is. It's not Moth Man. Because people, like, that's, those guys are weirdos. Man like, Bat, not a human in like yeah. minimal ma- makeup. Did you just say Pac Man? Man Bat is the Batman up. Lego games what? slap, and they're the only reason I know a lot of the Batman villains. Yeah. Did you just say Pac Man, Adeline? <laughs> No, Pac-Man. Oh, Cat-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Is he a villain? Pac-Man's not in. 
Pac-Man. Not yet. Mario. <laughs> Pac is back. Pac is interesting. Fighting back. Because he's well, one of those like comic book figures that like started out as something, but then sort of became one of those like weird like go-to characters like for joke. when you're doing yeah. like a subversive jokey kind of comic. He, like his most thing is Gail Simone's Secret Six run, which was basically like her doing Suicide Squad, like. 20 mm-hmm. years after the original Suicide Squad ended. So just like having like a different twist on Suicide Squad and like mm. Catman was like one of the guys in that. So like, I don't know. I don't know if you could really use Catman just as like a, well, Batman I was thinking villain. like we like, it's become a joke in pop culture that there's all the Batman villains that we know. And then there's 1200s other ones that are kind of silly and lame and have right. like a one name goof characteristic. Right. So like, I don't think I think, Unfortunately, I think if you're going to get a modern audience to accept, like, a calendar man, you're going to have to do that thing where he's, like, super gritty and doesn't look yeah. anything like calendar man anymore. And his name's, like, Cal, and he's, like, he just has, like, some numbers on his vest and he, like, right. killed a guy or whatever. Like, you have to make it super lame because we're not going to accept calendar man anymore because we've made too many jokes about him. Right. Although I, I did just Google Batman villains just to, like, kind of see which ones we haven't gotten around to yet. Yeah. And I am realizing that there are a lot of good ones that have just shown up other places instead. Yeah. Like, you know, Joker, Catwoman, Bane. Like, those have all been done, like, two or three times each. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, then you get, like, Killer Croc, who is in Suicide Squad. Yeah. Black Mask was in Birds of Prey. Like, Deathstroke mm-hmm. was in Justice League, kind of. He was going to God. be. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's not too late. It's not too late. But like, yeah, I don't know. It just, it we, seems like we have like a bench deep enough that we like don't have to reuse these. Like, yeah, like we know, we know when to use Batman villains and it's just like not always in Batman, you know? Yeah. But like, we should, I'm next Batman should be like. cinematic turn at the Music Meister. <laughs> music Meister. But we got to get a Clayface. We got to get a Killer Croc. We got to get a Black Mask. We got to get a Deathstroke in like a Batman movie. I think that'd be fun. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be fun to do. Clay, I think I think that we've worked our way up like CGI wise to a clay face. Yeah, oh, I think that we're ready. I think that we're ready, we're ready for clay face. I think, I think, think we're ready bro. for stop motion too. <laughs> yeah, this is another callback to our did Patreon you, episode we just recorded. Did you yesterday. see Kubo? I think we can make clay face out of stop motion. <laughs> I'm just saying. I don't. I get so upset when I think about Kubo and the Two I haven't strings. actually Nobody seen Nobody has seen yet. freaking Kubo and the Two Strings. I know. Nobody's seen Kubo and <laughs> the Two it, Strings. It came out at it's such so a good. weird time. Me, uh, me and CJ were going to go see it in theaters, and then we, like, never did, and then I just, like, didn't. <laughs> so, whoops. Uh, right. It's so I know, good. And I know it's, it's so like, a marvel good. of technology, the and I love stop motion so much. I just, like, haven't sat the down The world's largest it. stop motion puppet. It was, I've like, 11 him. feet I've tall. I've seen the guy. I saw him when they was at the exhibit in Seattle. He's cool. But he didn't watch the movie. <laughs> I know, but now I know all the art and the big worm guy. Fun stuff. Solomon oh, Grundy? When's Batman going to fight Solomon Grundy? I don't even <laughs> fucking know what Solomon Grundy's whole thing is. Solomon Grundy. Batman Origins games. He was born on Monday. Uh, Monday. Lived on Tuesday. Tuesday. He's like one of those like nursery rhyme Batman uh, yeah, villains where Solomon it's like based Grundy. on it. But well, isn't he like a kung fu master? Like is this, No, is he's he like, like a big zombie guy. But I thought he trained Batman. What happens in Batman Origins? You're the thinking video of game? Ra's al Ghul, Adeline. Am I? I might be combining yes. them. <laughs> they both got stupid <laughs> names. It's not my oh, fault. Oh yeah, like, Ra's al Ghul. Solomon Grundy is like a big fucking Frankenstein's monster, and Ra's al Ghul is like a like 
<laughs> a yeah, secret old, ninja master like, who mysterious... lives in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure they're not the same person? Okay, Solomon. here's the here's the nursery rhyme. Solomon Grundy, Grundy, born on a Monday, christened on Tuesday, married on Wednesday, took ill on Thursday, grew worse on Friday, died on Saturday, buried on Sunday. That was the end of Solomon Grundy. Why is he a zombie then? Oh. Yeah. Like... Well, because he died. What about Razal Ghoul? You're a fool <laughs> and you're a tool if you think oh, you shit. could beat Razal oh, Ghoul. Shit. And he oh, lives shit. in a mountain and he and he's part of the I don't know. Oh, apparently like apparently Solomon Grundy was on <laughs> Gotham, but he's just like a guy. Right. That's dumb. Oh. According to Google. Well that's like images. kind of the whole point of Gotham, right? Is that like <laughs> yeah. all of them are just like just guys people. and then they're like Lame. But one day yeah. Well that's what I mean. Swoop. That's what they're gonna do with Calendar Man. It's just gonna be a guy who shows up and he's like, I'm Cal and it's just like a guy in a suit <laughs> and you're like, Oh, that's Calendar Man. It's like, no, it's fucking not. That's not my fucking name's... Calendar Man. My name's Cal and Durman. And I'm here to rob this bank. <laughs> With my gun. Yeah. And you're like, do you have anything yeah, to do you with Yeah, you know like, gonna. Is there like anything important to do with the date? And he's like, no, <laughs> that <laughs> would be stupid. <laughs> you're like, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, Cal Enderman. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Uh, uh, Batman <laughs> Forever. Good. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones, Jim Carrey, Nicole They're, Kidman. This Tommy is a, Jones. a better use of Nicole Kidman than... Bewitched for certain. Bewitched. For certain. <laughs> I thought about that. I knew you were gonna say yeah. that. Yeah. Um, both glassy-eyed Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Why does she like not frosty stare? Why does she like not emote? Have I not watched enough Nicole Kidman movies? Why is she like that? No, you haven't. Have you only seen Batman Forever? <laughs> I've only and seen Batman Forever and Bewitched. I think that's the only Nicole Kidman. You, movie oh, hold on. You've no, seen Aquaman. Kind of thing. I've seen Aquaman. Aqu- Aquaman. Uh, she does act what in that one. Mulan she does emote in yes. Aquaman. She doesn't emote in this film other than just being so horny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do. I feel like these performances particularly, I feel like they are, like, I think they have been directed to, like, not be as, like, broad with their emotions. Yeah. Well, I feel like, because like, it's not, like, you see other performances of, like, Nicole Kidman, and she can. Like, yeah. you see other performances of... Like, Val Kilmer, and he can. Well, I think, unfortunately, I think this character is very much... What I like about her is that she does... She's not, like, a Lois Lane where she's always being saved by Batman. She's, like, seeking Batman out, and she's, like, smart and intelligent. Like, that's what I like about her. I mean, that's why I can stand her, basically. But she does still fill the role of just, like, boring, sexy woman. Like, that's what she is. Like, she doesn't... She could be a chair, but she's smart. Like, it's just, like... It's not an interesting role. It's like you're a psychiatrist and you're sexy and you want to fuck Batman so bad that you look stupid. Like, that's yeah. what your character is. And it's like, okay. That scene, though, when he's like, what's up with the bat picture? And she's like, that's an ink blot. That's Why do you on see you, a bat? Bitch. And that like, rules. <laughs> that's the best screenwriting so ever. It's yeah. so I want to teach that scene I in a class. <laughs> Where it's just like, like oh God, it was so Batman good. walks into her office and just starts remarking upon things and every single one. Nicole Kidman's like, interesting that you say that. <laughs> it's yeah. so fucking good. Uh, and then he's like, I have to leave immediately. <laughs> I have to get like, out of oh here. Oh my gosh, I have money. I have to go count my money. I also get naked. <laughs> Open a bank. And then put clothes on. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> we're going to the circus. <laughs> circus, baby. Buckle up, bitch. It's circus time. 
<laughs> I'm gonna start taking. No my... one's gonna die, and there will be no bombs. Yeah, just start taking fucking hinge dates to the circus. <laughs> God. <laughs> just like. I want you to take off your clothes and, and put on a black yes. put on different clothes. Yeah. Do you I have, don't like what you're wearing. Do you have any formal attire? We are going to the circus later. Yeah, after I all. should tell yeah. you, we are going to the circus and the town famous for murder clowns. <laughs> it is a black Let's tie go. event for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, it's a classy affair. So I it's do like not even like a fundraiser or something. It's like, like it there's, it's Gotham. There's like rich people fundraisers going on all the time. <laughs> yeah. And they never have any security. Just fucking whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. whatever. Like, it was before 9 11. It was a different what? time. <laughs> it was before yeah, they <laughs> they was like, yeah, do whatever. <laughs> do you think there's going to be a bomb at this event? You think that someone would try to hurt innocent people? Oh for my no god! <laughs> yeah, right. Not in my America, 1995. Oh my god! I can't make any jokes about that. that. I'll get in trouble. <laughs> oh no! I was uh, gonna say I do really like the like dynamic between to- between not Tommy Lee Jones and Jim Carrey because as we've seen they hate each other, but right. between Two Face and the Riddler, like it's this fun it. It is also homoerotic. Like, they are, like, always, right. like, up on each other and, like, buddy-buddy. Oh, yeah. buddy, and he's, like, I don't, like, there's a power dynamic going on. Like, it's so, like, it's all there. I don't need to spell it out for you. But, like, I also love, like, I just talked about how I don't like the, like, boring hot girl character. But, like, two faces, like, two girlfriends and one's, like, <laughs> right. the angel and one's, like, the devil. I yeah. love them. It's they're so, so cool. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, because they're not supposed to be, like... You know, like they're not like the love people. interests, and they're not supposed to be like real yeah. realistic people. So they could just be like weird and fun, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm the angel girl, and I'm hidden the power She's source like, for the machine cookies. in my boobs." And I'm like, "Hell yeah, I love <laughs> <Yeah>. you!" <laughs> uh, like they're just fun. They've got fun costumes where you go to Two Faces Lair, and like one side is all like the posh, like new money, yeah. like stuff. The other side is like hell or whatever. Like it's <laughs> yeah. so good. I love it. And the moment where like. It's so like the moment where they're like presenting the two dishes they prepared, and yeah. one of them's like, "I've got a creme brulee and a poached egg or whatever." The other one's like, yeah. "I got raw donkey meat." Yeah. <laughs> like, like you like you Whoa. like that? I spit on it. Um, and yeah, like and you know, just to sort of stay true to the premise of the podcast, we were like talking about like this movie and like the reasons like we like it and why sort of like generalized audiences didn't, especially like. In, in that book that I talk about in The Caped Crusade, mm-hmm. he talks a lot about how, like, it feels like the dark and gritty Batman, even in the olden days, was, like, the Batman that people think they want all the time, you know? Yeah. And, like... Well, because Superman cause, like, is the silly one and Batman is the yeah, serious one. Like, like even back the, then, that was, like, the idea. Right. And, like, you know, in the 40s, Batman was just like, oh, I'm just a private detective and I'll, I'll help somebody. <laughs> I solve I crimes and I look like this. Don't worry yeah. about it. Uh, and then, you know, in the 50s, when comic books were just, like, the Wild West, it was like, 
oh, I'm Batman, and I got turned into a dog by a space laser, and it's like that kind of shit, and you're like, yeah, okay, yeah. that's fine. And then in the 60s, when Denny O'Neill took over, that was sort of the beginning of, like, what if we took Batman and made him, like, dark and kind of edgy? I mean, like, what as much had, as you like, could be. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. as much as you could be in the 60s, Denny O'Neill was like, let's, like, make this, you know, sort of intense, sort of serious, sort of scary, like, in as many ways as we can. That's mm-hmm. when, like, you know... uh you you get the Joker coming back like the Joker was like a one off appearance in the forties in this mm-hmm. story that was super creepy and weird and then in the sixties Danny O'Neill was like the Joker that guy was cool and then he like that becomes cool. the whole thing yeah um but like ever since then like that has always been sort of like the prototype of like the dark Batman that people kind of want and like you know when the Adam West TV show came out it was happening pretty much at exactly the same time that Danny O'Neill was writing Batman and people loved it so much. And so they saw Adam West Batman and they were like, what the fuck is this? Like, you're ruining it. And like now that is the like moment where like Batman becomes mainstream and everybody knows who Batman is. And it's with the like white penciled on eyebrows, you know. Yeah, yeah. And like all the people who are obsessed with the like Danny O'Neill comic books are like, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. They have mm-hmm. this like chip on their shoulder forever because like just as soon as like Batman became this thing they were really excited about. It's like the cultural like idea of what batman is suddenly became a totally completely different thing yeah, and it's now like the like, exact same phenomenon that happened with zelda where we had ocarina of time and they were like okay we want a new realistic gritty zelda with our new great graphics and they were like right. waker it's cute and they were like fuck you forever <laughs> i'm mad forever because you right. didn't do the thing that i wanted you to do uh and and so like you know, it's just this thing where it's like, and then the Tim Burton Batman comes out eventually, and people are like, mm-hmm. this is better. Like, we're moving in the right it's direction still, here. It's too silly, but it's like, fine. Exactly. Yeah. Like, people, like, comic book people, at least to hear Glenn Weldon tell it, I wasn't alive. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> I'll take his word for it. Yeah. People were like... My take is negative 10. This isn't what we want, but this is fine. Like, we're okay with this. And then, like, when it slowly just started to kind of like pivot and turn back into that Adam West thing. They hate so much. It mm. just becomes like, like the ultimate betrayal, you know, it's going in exactly the wrong way. Um, which is fascinating because I've always read that, like when they were originally like planning for Joel Schumacher to make like a third Batman movie, mm. uh, everything always pointed to him wanting to make an adaptation of Batman year one, which is like one of the like quintessential, like sort of modern quote unquote, like gritty Frank Miller Batman stories. Like he wanted to take it dark and interesting and do like a prequel to Batman, Mm -hmm. which is like so wild because it's like so much the opposite of what he was just doing last time. Yeah. What he just did. Yeah. But yeah, it's just like this weird artifact where it's like, he was going to make a Batman year one movie with Harley Quinn and killer Croc as the bad guys. And like, it's like, what does that even look like? Like, I don't, I can't even even figure that out. Yeah. Um, and then, it's not really a strong suit, you know? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I, maybe it could have been. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and like, I know. Maybe. Because I feel like there are, like, little bits and pieces here and there in this movie and Batman Forever oh, totally. of him, like, trying to do something kind of scary and dark and serious, like, just every mm-hmm. once in a blue moon. Um, and, like, I wonder if that had come to pass, like, how it would have been received or how the movie would have even turned out. But, like... Yeah. I mean, that shot where they're, like, in the, like bank vault and it like closes and they get like sucked into the air like all the shots from like inside of the bank vault are like genuinely like really upsetting and scary like it's freaky there's definitely moments like that throughout the thing yeah and like like, right at the end gross face at the end that's scary that's so good and right at the end when they're like doing that slow zoom in on the like cell 
Whereas, yeah. like, you could just hear Jim Carrey, like, banging around. You're like, is he going to be gross? And then he's not gross, but it's tense. <laughs> you but know? it's tense because you're like, oh, yeah, he's, like, broken. He's insane now. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. What's you that, broke PJ? Jim Carrey. You did it. I was just have you seen Phantom of the Opera? Because well, yeah. it's, like, dark and gritty. And, <laughs> exactly. And, and, not ma- and also and, camp. And, and people and also, also didn't like yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like, so I mean, that's that's sort of like, at least in the way I think about it, is kind of the 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 Rosetta Stone for like why people didn't respond well to this movie when it came out, and like, and it's just that fascinating thing where it's like after that they decided they needed like a hard reboot, and it took them a really long time to get it together. They thought that um uh what's his name, uh mother, Black Swan, Wait, um, oh what's that fucking Black Swan, Black Swan guy. Uh, Jeremy. One second, Darren Aronofsky. Better. They thought that Darren Aronofsky was gonna make a Batman movie for a long time, and that was that like would something have been wild. That would that have been was wild. Like percolating for a long time, and I mean, it was before he made Mother, before he made uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Black Swan. So, like, you know, it's kind of like when people talk about how David Lynch almost made Return of the Jedi, and they're like, yeah, yeah. it would have been so crazy and weird. It's like, well, I mean, I don't know. He wasn't really maybe David he wasn't Lynch him yet. yet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, um, so, yeah, and just, like, the way that these Batman movies go, and that's what made the Christopher Nolan movies such, like, runaway successes, is it felt like it was, like, finally, like, the movie that people have been asking for for so long, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it just sort of keeps going that way. Although I do think that now, like, the reason I'm okay with the Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson Batman movie being the way it is, where mm-hmm. it's, like, the final shot of the trailer is, like, the upside down car and like Robert Pattinson in combat boots walking towards Colin Farrell to presumably just like brutalize him, you know? Yeah, You're yeah, like, yeah. I guess like we could just keep going this way. Like, yeah, it could get well, worse. It's like, it's like, I don't know, it's like gritty, but it's like buck wild gritty. Yeah. Like, we're not, it's not realistic gritty anymore right. now. It's we got combat boots on, you know? <laughs> yeah. But it's, but at the same time, it's like, but I feel like that is appropriate and I'm not frustrated by it. Because mm-hmm. it's coming out in mo- more or less the same era as, like, not only, like, the Lego Batman movie, which is, like, yeah. a huge, a huge antithesis to, like, the gritty Batman movement. And it's phenomenal. I love yeah. the, the Lego Batman movie. <laughs> but also things like Birds of Prey, things of, like Suicide Squad, which are sort of, like, peripherally Batman mm-hmm. movies that have different takes and, like... Also, fun. Yeah. just, like, the slew of, like, direct-to-video animated Batman movies that so many people are so passionate about have, like, mm-hmm. a lot of different and unique takes. And it's just, it's that amount of, like, quantity and diversity of, like, different tones and ideas in the, like, sort of Batman oeuvre that makes yeah. me, that makes me not frustrated by the Matt Reeves, Robert Pattinson Exactly. Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the problem was never with it being gritty. The problem is that when it's the only thing, it feels yeah. like you're just shutting out all the other voices in, right. in lieu of the one voice Batman that's loudest and angriest. <laughs> yeah. What, yeah. Keisha? Batman is for kids. Batman is for kids. <laughs> they it do show his penis in the comic. Enjoy. I don't think Batman <laughs> is for kids. I don't. I always... It was originally made for children. Yeah. Like, comic books were for children. I always like, bristle at like, that argument. So it's, just... it's one of those things that's, like, I think that it's, like, it's obviously evolved into a different direction. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And I think that, like, it's, and, and it wasn't really for kids. Like, the original Batman stories, like I said, he's, like, a private detective with a gun who, like, shoots people. It's, like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, like, stopping, yeah, like, like, drug rings. Yeah, but, like, the people who and... were reading those 
were like 10 year old boys like that's well, not even not necessarily, necessarily yeah. it's like the 40s like noir not, not exclusively it's like a not exclusively but that's it was appealing to them that's what i'm saying i'm not saying it's only for right. children but i'm saying when you start cutting them off from anything when like i'm agreeing with you you're well, doing the thing again but it well, no, you're agreeing with me using an argument that I sort of don't like because I think that No, I'm not saying like, it's a, I'm not I'm 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 saying that like wi- like there should be a more whimsical version of Batman that right. is like is available for kids. This right. is that's what I'm saying. Okay, like sure. I'm not saying it's only for kids. Yeah. I'm not saying it was ever only for kids, yeah. but I'm saying like when you start saying Batman's like Rated R only. Like, then that's a problem. That's all I'm saying. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that, right. like, historically, yeah. it's always mm-hmm. been for children. Sorry that it came off that right. way. But I'm not saying yeah. that. Well, yeah, yeah <laughs> but I just saying think, that there will like, always that be, like, three-year-old like Batman pajamas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. But, like, when it, it comes up with, like, Star Wars, it comes up with, like, comic books, it comes up with, like, all these things. And, like, mm-hmm. it... You know, like, Nintendo video games, like, all these things. Like, it saying that things are for kids has a weird dismissive attitude, like, almost all the times that people say it. That kind of bothers me. Yeah, it's, me. they're trying to invalidate your interests is what yeah. they're trying to do. Yeah. And, like, it's, especially when, when you're talking about things like Star Wars, where it's like, don't take it so seriously because it's just for kids. Like, don't be a baby mm-hmm. or whatever. It's just, it's a weird way to look at things because, like, art, if somebody cares about it, they care about it and they are allowed to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, like, as much as, you yeah. know, sometimes you need to take a step back from Star Wars if you're being a crazy person, it doesn't mean that, like, <laughs> it, it is not appealing to you that you don't deserve to have interest in it, you know? That, yeah. That's all I'm saying. I've been thinking a lot about... I think that's true, but I do think, like, alternatively, I've seen a lot of people, like, cut off, like... They say this. I can only have this because it's my interest, and I've liked right. it for longer than you mm-hmm. have. So, younger person, whatever you want and what is maybe more suited to you than it is for me is bad, right. and I don't like it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you suck for liking it, and I'm better <laughs> yeah. than you. Well, so, like, the there's, Teen there's just like thing. on both ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah I've yeah. been thinking a lot about because people. My Little Pony has been, like, coming back in a strong way for quite a little bit, but, like, it really has reached ahead with the new movie that came out. Yeah. And I've just been thinking about, like, the Brony community and just, like, how much that sucked. Because, like, being being a part of, like, the core demographic for My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, when it came out, and having literally no safe place on the entire internet for me to engage with My Little Pony because of right. the porn and the gore and the gross men. Like, it's just, like, it, like, it, my, my knee-jerk reaction, like, from someone who, like, went through that is to be, like, this is for kids, get out, you know? Like, fucking right. get out of the space, let kids mm-hmm. have their space. But I think with Star Wars and... And this might also be because it, these are Star Wars and superheroes are guy things and not girl things, but that's right. a whole other conversation. But, like, it feels like there is some sort of curated space for children. Like, when you go to Disneyland and Darth Vader's there, it's a very cute, mm-hmm. fun, safe Darth Vader. And right. if you go to the comic store and you look at the comics, maybe the Darth Vader's less cute, less safe. But that's okay, because cute, safe Darth Vader is still on your backpack and it's still on the internet and there's still free right. games for you to play. Like... It, 
like, in Batman and stuff like that, because, like, even the straight-to-video, like, Lego Batman movies, like, those are there for kids. There's animated right. shows for kids. There's Teen Titans mm-hmm. Go. Like, yeah. it feels like there are still safe spaces for children within the larger whole. Right. And then going back to, like, My Little Pony, that wasn't a thing. There was no safe space for the children yeah. to engage with the thing that they liked. Right. Uh, okay, we're on a time limit, so we, we gotta cut this off here. But, uh, yeah. real quick... Uh, you can follow all of us on Twitter. I am at Jepperpack. Adeline is at Hollaback Horse. Keisha runs the Cool Takes Pod Twitter account. These are all on screen. Um, Mm -hmm. If you are watching the stream right now, you can check out these episodes on any podcast platform. If you are listening on a podcast platform right now, we stream this show every single week live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Cool Takes Pod. And if you're watching the stream right now, sub right now. We literally are at 49 are followers. <laughs> so sub right, or not sub, follow right now. Follow Because right they will now. make affiliate and it'll all be a great time. Uh, maybe it might not happen today, but it'll happen soon enough. Um, <laughs> Hopefully. What if we just never got past <laughs> yeah, 49? Yeah, we got past it. <laughs> stall out. Um, just stall out at 49. So now we have to go. I, I'll wrap up the podcast, but we're going to go and record our Patreon exclusive podcast. Uh, for a Patreon that has oh not gosh. launched yet, but will in the next few days. So keep posted for for mm. updates on that. Um, but uh, in the meantime, we've got to get going and get that done before I have to go back to work. But in the meantime, do you guys want to hear a one-star review of Batman Forever? No. Uh, Hit me. This, this review comes from Letterboxd.com. And this person says, Okay, how high was Christopher Nolan when he made this? <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh his dad no, wrote that. He's tripping on us. Did they take weed? Were they, how many beers did they drink when they were making <laughs> well, this? Well, hey, maybe they actually were just genuinely confused. They were really <laughs> looking for Batman Begins. Yeah. And they're like, they're like, hold on a Something's second. Something's off. This doesn't look right. <laughs> anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name's Adeline McMurray. And my name is Keisha Rhodes. And this is Cool Takes. Keep it salty out there, sailors. And music cute. There was also another review I almost read that just said, Dick Grayson treats his laundry the same way I treat Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's a good one.